Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm Eric Felton. I'm joined today by Kelly Jane Torrance of the Weekly Standard. Kelly Jane, how are you? Great. How are you doing today, Eric? Doing fine. So we're here to talk about what we know and what we don't know so far about the terrorist attack in New York City yesterday. One of the things we do know is that it was a terrorist attack. What was interesting is, you know, NPR reporting um, on uh, all things considered late in the day yesterday was being very careful not to label it as a terrorist attack or, or suggest anything that might suggest Islamic terrorism uh, until more was known. That didn't last very long, did it? No, it didn't. And it's a little s- sad in a way that th- such a political uh, thing has to go into reporting these days, even after it came out that the uh, the alleged terrorist had, for example, gone come out of his truck after his attack and said, Alu Akbar. What was interesting is NPR yesterday afternoon didn't report the Allahu Akbar, but said instead he got out of his truck and he made a statement consistent with terrorism. Exactly. And, you know, I'm sure that you're, a lot of people in America are wondering, what does that mean? Now, to those of us in the media, of course, we knew exactly what that was referring to. And I think most people who have uh, read about terrorist attacks were probably familiar with that phrase, too. And it led to this interesting discussion I saw on Twitter last night. And, you know, people like Linda Sarsour, who is a, uh, you know, one of the Women's March uh, uh, activists, who was also a, a Muslim activist, said, well, I say those words many times a day during prayer. So it, 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 this is not a, a terrorist statement. Well, my guess is that uh, Linda Sarsour does not say those words after plowing a truck into uh, a group of people and killing eight of them. Deputy New York Police Commissioner for Intelligence and Counterterrorism John Miller said that um, there was a note in Arabic in the truck um, and that it said that he did this in the name of ISIS and uh, followed the route, the ISIS routine in so doing. Yeah, and what's interesting is that ISIS has actually been giving out instructions on its social media to people who, inspired by the group, want to commit what are called lone wolf attacks. Right. Can we can we just do away with the whole term lone wolf? Because it would seem to me if you have a foreign entity that is actively recruiting people via the internet to behave in criminal ways, that that is a conspiracy. That's not a lone wolf activity. You know, I think people like to use the term lone wolf because it makes them feel maybe a little safer. Hey, it was just one crazy guy. But you're right, Eric. I mean, when you have a group that is calling for these sorts of attacks and is providing instructions on how to commit them, it's not just one person who went crazy. It's people who are getting inspired by the uh, you know disgusting ideology of this group and getting instructions on how to attack people here in the West and, and beyond. And we know at least uh, in one way that the attacker was not a completely isolated individual, um, which is back in 2015, he was interviewed by federal agents about possible ties to suspected terrorists. Yeah, it's interesting. As soon as uh, he was identified, and um, I guess we should mention his name is Saifulo Saipov, and he is an immigrant from Uzbekistan, uh, it became, you know, authorities said right away, we have talked to him in the past for an unrelated investigation. Now, they weren't, you know, quick to offer up what that was, but it's it's it seems like this guy has definitely been on the radar of authorities. 
So how did Washington and in particular President Donald Trump respond to this? Well, Donald Trump, uh, as as usual, decided to take the uh, the action and try to use it uh, to promote his own agenda. And in this case, he mentioned the fact that uh, Mr. Saipov got into the United States through the green card lottery, uh, formerly known as the Diversity Immigrant Visa Program. Uh, he came to the United States in 2010. And this is a program that gives 50,000 green cards a year to people from countries that aren't seeing as much immigration to the United States as other countries. Donald Trump blamed it on Chuck Schumer because he was one of the sponsors of the 1990 immigration bill. So the president also suggested that this was proof that his extreme vetting was necessary. This even though Uzbekistan is not one of the countries on the extreme vetting list. Yeah, you know, he, he, a lot of people said, well, this is exactly why Trump's travel ban needs to be in place and the court should quit blocking it. Well, of course, as you mentioned, Uzbekistan, not one of those countries on the list. And, you know, certainly I would think that anyone who is getting a permanent resident card to, to be in this country would be vetted. Now, the problem is it appears that our, uh, our alleged terrorist became radicalized, is the term they use, after coming to the United States. So they probably wouldn't have found anything out that would have led them to worry back in 2010. It seems that it was in the last few years that this guy started uh, getting inspired by ISIS and other similar terrorist groups. And the strangest response from Washington, as far as I could see, was when President Trump was asked whether he would consider having the terrorists sent to Guantanamo Bay and uh, and President Trump said yes, he would consider that, and suggested that um, went on to suggest that the U.S. justice system is a laughing stock that was not capable of dealing with such a prosecution. Yeah, Guantanamo Bay. You know, you people will argue uh, pros and cons for it, but the reason it was set up was to get intelligence from terrorists who might know about possible imminent attacks on America and other people. Now, this guy was inspired by ISIS. There's no indication he knows anything more than what he was working on himself. And, you know, we certainly have had people in the United States who have been uh, charged and convicted of mass murders. And, you know, they've gotten the death penalty in some states. They've gotten life sentences. Uh, the idea that the justice system isn't equipped to handle that, that's a pretty bold statement. And if that's true, then I think we you'd want to look more closely at the justice system in the United States rather than just deciding we're going to send somebody to Guantanamo Bay. I do think that when you're in a situation where the country is under attack, as it clearly is, that one should be doing things to bolster American institutions rather than weaken them. Exactly. It's a great point, Eric. And it's it's interesting that, you know, Donald Trump's first reaction to this is was sort of, you know, again, to to politicize and to divide. But at the same time, it's true that a lot of people are are worried more about what the backlash will be from this rather than, hey, let's just look at what happened. Let's figure out who this guy was, why he did it, where he got his ideas and his instructions. I, I think that um, that's really the number one thing everybody on, on any side should be looking at. Kelly Jane Torrance, thanks for joining us on the Daily Standard podcast. Always good to be here, Eric. Support for the Daily Standard podcast comes from the yummy and nutritious RX Bar. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar. What does that mean? Their bars are made with 100% whole ingredients. 
In 2013, RX Bar called out protein bars. There wasn't a protein bar out there that wasn't full of artificial ingredients, fillers, preservatives. That's why RX Bar set out to create a new kind of protein bar with a few simple, honest ingredients and where every ingredient serves a purpose. RX Bar labels the core ingredients, such as egg whites, dates, and nuts, on the front of the package and the ingredients that make up texture and taste on the back. Beyond being a go-to snack that checks off a number of nutritional boxes, RX Bars actually taste delicious. Surprise! Creating a protein bar made from real whole food ingredients actually tastes better than anything out there. You don't need the fillers, the additives, the chemicals, or the added sugar. RX Bar's core ingredients do all the talking. It's simply like eating three egg whites, two dates, and six almonds. Whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there's an RX Bar for you. RX Bars come in 11 delicious flavors or varieties, things like chocolate, sea salt, peanut butter, blueberry, mint chocolate, and more. I particularly like the blueberry version. There's a special offer for Daily Standard podcast listeners. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com standard and enter the promo code STANDARD. Again, that's rxbar.com standard and enter the promo code STANDARD for 25% off. That's it for today's Daily Standard podcast. I'm Eric Felton. Catch you next time.